Welcome to the Postcard Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Michael, speaking to you from Bali. It took us 25 hours to get here, and I haven't been on a flight this long in years, but it actually wasn't as horrendous as I thought it was going to be. On this episode, Kelly, my travel friend on this trip, talked to you about what we've been up to in Bali so far, and we also share our tips for surviving a long-haul flight when you are stuck in economy. We'll also chat about how we packed everything we needed for this two-week trip into a carry-on and how you can do that too. If you're making a trip this long, it's a good idea to have travel insurance in case something goes wrong. I use World Nomads and I like them so much I became an affiliate for the World Nomads Partner Program. I actually got violently ill after recording this episode. Did I go to the doctor? No. But it was nice to have the peace of mind that World Nomads would have had my back if I really needed it. For more information on travel insurance from World Nomads, visit postcardacademy.co slash insurance. Now into my conversation with Kelly. All right, coming at you live from Kelly's bed. <laughs> <laughs> my bed in Bali. Should we talk about how we even met? We met in London, both Americans. And I think we met within like two weeks of us moving there. Didn't we? Yeah, it was definitely within a few weeks, I think. We were, I feel, yeah, I feel very lucky because we fell into like a nice group of friends quite quickly, just kind of by chance. We have been traveling together for a few years now. It's been a while. This is kind of a bit of a reunion trip. Yes. But we've been to Istanbul together, to Iceland, to Paris. Yes. Uh, Vienna, I yep, think. Vienna yeah. as well. Yeah. I'm very glad that we're here in Bali yeah. together. Likewise. Uh, and we started out in Changu, and then we took a taxi to Ubud. So, and this is also has become quite famous this town because of Eat, Pray, Love. This is where yes. Elizabeth Gilbert came for her, uh, I guess, love the, the love part. Yeah, <laughs> the third leg of her trip. Yes, and uh, so Ubud is known as being like the spiritual and artistic hub of. Bali. There's lots of art galleries here, a huge expat community. So it's it's quite busy. It's busier than I thought it would be. Like lots of traffic, but lots of people out walking around. And uh, it's, it's quite buzzing. But on our first day here, we went to a place called Clear for lunch. And even though I had a massage that morning at the Karana, I got another massage <laughs> Later that day, at queer. Why not? <laughs> I was kind of thinking, like, is this obscene to get two massages in one day? No. But in the end, I just decided, why not? I should. Like, the services here are cheap, and so I just decided to go for it. So, lots of eating, lots of uh, massage. I was telling you, I feel like I need to find more of a spiritual connection. Yeah. Because. Height, the high school version of me, if I came here, would have died and gone to heaven. Like, it's just Indian prints and, like, hippies everywhere and so much delicious vegetarian food. Yeah. And I feel like I would have wanted to, like, meditate or do, like, yeah. do all of this stuff. And so I feel like I want to reconnect with that side of me. So tomorrow I'm going to go on a tour of a bunch of different temples. And um, so I'm very much looking forward to that. Yep. And then you signed us up to for this tour on electric bikes. Yes. Which I was so scared. <laughs> I was so scared <laughs> of doing, but I was like, growth mindset. I have to try this out because I'm not used to riding bikes. Right. I ride maybe once a year because Elkie forces me on 
whatever like whatever city or country that we're like visiting together she wants to ride bikes so I say okay I will give it a shot but I always work myself up like uh I'm gonna fall I'm gonna hurt someone I'm gonna hurt myself da 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 and um ended up being a blast I'm so glad that we did it but tell us more about this tour and and why you signed up for it yeah so um just looking on TripAdvisor you know some of the top ranked activities this electric bike tour was was ranked really highly and i've never been on an electric bike before and i don't yeah i'm also not a frequent um cyclist either but you know i felt comfortable enough on a bike that i thought it would be fun so yeah so there we the tour i picked was one that went through um some of the rice rice farms, rice paddies um, outside of Ubud. Um, so it was kind of, it was nice to get sort of out of central Ubud into more of the countryside and um, riding, we rode actually through some rice paddies and then as well on some of um, just the, the country, more country roads, um, which was great because you, you know, I think we got to see quite a lot of things that would have been difficult. Um, I mean, we wouldn't have been able to walk there certainly or, you know, without taking a cab or, or something like that. So, um, and then through the rice paddies was a little harrowing because of the narrow um, paved path, uh, which was quite bumpy at times. So Bumpy at times, but it was also <laughs> like a narrow little bridge. Yeah. And yeah. so we are raised above these rice paddies that are like rivers. Like we're kind of going over rivers at a certain point on this narrow path. And... Before we started doing this, he said, these rice fields are teeming with snakes. Yeah. And that, if you listen to this podcast, you know that's one of my biggest phobias. And the reason that there are snakes is because they put out, they used to put out rice, uh, rat poison in the fields, right? Yeah, so kind of for uh, pest control, I guess. Uh, they used to use rat poison, but um, there were, unfortunately, the poison was killing um, other creatures such as dogs would get in there and eat it um, and that sort of thing. So they decided to stop using the rat, rat poison and they put snakes in the water instead. Um, so, uh, and I guess the snakes do a pretty effective job of pest control, but yeah, I agree that I would not like to come face to face to with one I of those. was so frightened so before we were on the bikes we like we walked into the fields and he was just telling us a little bit about the history and you know it's fascinating and beautiful and you know how each farmer like they're doing all this by hand which is incredible and they have little shrines to mark the plots of land and things like that and so it was wonderful being out there but then when he said there are tons of snakes here I'm not joking this is not a joke I was just like, oh God, get me out of here. Yeah. I'm going to pedal as fast as I could. Yeah. And, but it was also the first time that I was on an electric bike and it yeah. was really fun because I, you know, I admit, I've already said I'm not a very experienced bike rider. He mentioned shifting the gears and I was like, I've never even shifted a gear on a yeah. bike. But yeah. for the electric bike, all you do is press this little lever and you don't have to worry about gears. You can just go as fast or slow as you want. We're, and then when we weren't in the rice fields, we were actually driving in the traffic. And so I just kept my eyes in front of me 
and hoped that everyone else would just ride around me. Yeah. <laughs> it worked because I'm still alive. It's got some get up and go. So it, you know, took some getting used to, but I really enjoyed it. Um, and our guide was, was going pretty fast. So you really did, unless you're some sort of Tour de France cyclist, you really do need the extra help from the um, electric part of the bike to keep up. Um, but I also think, like, I was thinking, you know, motorbikes are seem like a preferred mode of transportation here. And so it was sort of like a little, I think, a, a little similar to riding a motorbike. So it was like a taster. Yeah. I feel like I can work my, gradually maybe work my way up. So maybe next stop is motorbike. Yeah. Then maybe, maybe motorcycle. Maybe. maybe never a motorcycle, but mm. maybe motorbike or Vespa. Never say never. <laughs> I can see myself on a Vespa now. I think that would be really fun. I think so. I, yeah, I think, you know, with your experience in Italy, I think a, a Vespa is, it's time. would be very suited. It's been many years. It's time to get on a Vespa, I think. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so it was great. And then we went to this UNESCO World Heritage Site, the Rice Terraces, the famous Rice um, Terraces, and took some photos there. That was lovely. Went to a little coffee farm. In Indonesia, this is where they have that famous coffee, where the animal poos out the coffee bean. The coffee yeah. bean. And then they make coffee from that. That's very expensive. But I, I don't think the animals are treated well. I've heard that they're not. And so I don't like supporting that. It makes me a little bit sad. So I wasn't a big fan of that. It's been interesting seeing how animals are treated here because you, you're like up and you see them face to face, literally. We should talk about the monkey forest. The monkey forest. Oh gosh, how did I forget that? Yeah, we'll go back to that in a second. But so I, I think, you know, obviously in like America and places like that, there's factory farms, which I definitely don't support. But here, like we went on another little tour that I picked. That one was a bit of a wash, literally. Like yeah. <laughs> we ended up, I thought it was going to, we were, we would see more temples and it ended up us, it was going to be like a trek through a rice Again field. with the rice field. Like, <laughs> the short version was an hour and a half, and so we get there. Well, it was like more snakes, right? Yeah, it was so, more snakes. Yeah. I was so scared, so I don't want to sound like a spoiled brat, but I have a, like a legit terror. Like I just don't like it. And uh, but I tried to be a sport, so <laughs> we're just walking. And it, I mean, nobody else was around. We saw one farmer. So I feel like... And he he tried to warn us that it was going to rain. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I feel like the chances of seeing a snake would be more there because it wasn't like a well-trodden path. And then it started to downpour. Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) we found this farmer's hut. We weren't by ourselves. We were with like a local guide. So we're hanging out in this hut that reminded me of something from Plymouth Plantation. It was just like the clothes were hanging up and there's firewood and a big metal pot. And I just felt like we were in another age and we were next to these animals that were in a very confined space. So like this poor cow and its baby, it was just in like such a tight space. And I hated seeing that. And I'm not criticizing people here for being any different than anywhere else because when it comes to animal welfare most places are pretty sad but it was it made me sad to see that so anyway we're like huddling in this farmer's hut next to these cage animals I'm I'm glad you described it as the um, Plymouth Plantation because my mind was going to more like Chainsaw Massacre (laughs) (laughs) it was a little creepy but yeah Plymouth Plantation is a little 
uh, more <laughs> pleasant. <laughs> it was very, it was homey. Like I felt, I actually felt okay there. It just, yeah, brought me back to like school field trips and stuff. But it felt quite remote and the rain was coming down so hard. And I had a flashback to a time when I was in Thailand many years ago where my sister and I trekked to the middle of nowhere with this group. And we were sleeping in these huts and there were kerosene lamps at the front of the door. And I was just thinking, if this place goes up in flames, no one knows I'm here. Mm -hmm. And how would I get to hospital? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was thinking, like, if we get flooded out or, like, I don't know. I I was thinking I wish I had brought my travel insurance policy (laughs) in my backpack. So if they needed to air back us out, I'd yes. be like, look, I have coverage. We made it out alive. And <laughs> yeah, it was, I felt like the worse it got on this trip, like the more fun I was having. Yeah. Like it just it was getting ridiculous. It was an adventure. Was, yeah. You just didn't know what was going to happen next. Yeah. Oh, and they, they also, uh, our guide showed us, so they have, you know, chickens that kind of roam around. But then they also have these roosters that are kept in these wicker cages. And he was very upfront about it. He's he's like, these are for cockfights oh, yeah. and for gambling. So, um, you know, that was a little awkward for us, I think, just, you know, obviously having a little more... Um, you know, concern about animal <laughs> welfare. So, uh, but I found it a little funny that when we were hiding out in the farmer's hut, um, our guide was very concerned about this rooster in a, you know, in the cage, you know, that they're prepping for cockfights, but he was getting wet. So our guide was very considerate to move the rooster under the shelter. I think because I was complaining so much about the poor animals. Like, I'm just going to set them all free. Um, But yeah, that ended up being a fun day. So we're here for two weeks. We've been here for about a week now, I think. Let's start from the beginning. Our flights were at like two and three in the morning. I flew from Boston, you flew from New York. I think that's pretty common to have to fly out at that hour. My flight was supposed to leave at 1.30 a.m. and then it was delayed to 3 a.m. So I think we were the only flight leaving from the international terminal at JFK and lots of people were falling asleep at the gate. (laughs) Yeah, same with mine. We were the last flight to leave Boston and um, everything was closed. So I think we said that was something that for next time we would do is make sure we brought lots of snacks just because I think we were both hungry by the time the flight rolled. And then on the flight, like I ate all of my snacks before I even got onto the plane. (laughs) I didn't bring any snacks. I just, I guess I just didn't have time to really think about what I would bring. But um, I definitely wish I would have brought um, a refillable water bottle. They had the the water station um, for filling water bottles. So yeah, that was one thing I was kicking myself was, why didn't I bring a water bottle? Even, you know, in Bali, while you're, you're supposed to drink filtered water, bottled water. But I think I've seen a few water station areas here. So I it would have been nice to be able to just refill a reusable one, obviously. Right. A little better for the environment if we can eliminate using some plastic bottles. But so I would say that's one thing I wish I had brought. Okay, so water bottles, well, empty bottles that you could put water in and then snacks. So 
I would have brought more Pepperidge Farm goldfish crackers. Yeah. <laughs> and then maybe some protein bars. I agree on the protein bars, definitely. Yeah. And uh, we both flew Pat- Cathay Pacific, which yes. I thought was pretty great. I flew them a really long time ago when I went to Thailand and just very good customer service. Yes, I agree. The flight was over 15 hours, so they were great about you know, making sure everybody had enough water to drink and or orange juice, and um, they were really polite and well-mannered, <laughs> which sometimes you don't get on other airlines in the United States, not mentioning names, but, uh, <laughs> but no, I thought it was really enjoyable. Oh yeah, they were so much better than my horrific experience recently. I was supposed to be flying Norwegian, and I ended up flying, what was their name? Wamos Air, who refused to give me any food, <laughs> and they were just the absolute worst. I have never heard of that airline before. Wa- Norwegian, Wamos? Norwegian Air, stop partnering with Wamos. They're the worst. Oh, gosh. But I'm digressing. So, yes, so Cathay Pacific was great, and 15 hours, but that was just to get to Hong Kong. Then we had a layover for a few hours, and then we had another flight of like six or seven hours to get to Bali. So in total, it was like yeah, 25 yes. hours yes. or so. So some of our other flight tips, going along with the water bottle thing, just staying hydrated because airplanes, I think, suck a lot more water out of people than they That's think. Right. It can make yep. you feel quite sick. So just make sure you're drinking water like consistently throughout your flight. Get up, walk around. And another tip to avoid getting sick is bacterial wipes. You were telling me about an article you read recently. Yeah, um, and I, I, I don't remember the source of the article, but they, were, they did a study on what truly is uh, the most sort of contaminating part of, a, of taking a flight. So they looked at, you know, a lot of people think about recirculated air. And so they they looked at actually how the, the, the engineering of, of the air system on, on planes and found that actually there's very little air that's truly being recirculated. Then they looked at as well kind of the, the bacteria around, you know, your seat and your tray table. And they found that actually the most contaminated area was the tray table itself, um, as well as, you know, if you think about anything you touch. So if you have a, a screen in front of you, um, you know, you're, you're touching the buttons on the screen or your armrest or your seatbelt buckle, um, those are really the areas found to be the most contaminated. Um, and this is kind of a little gross to think about, but it, they actually found those areas were more contaminated than you know, the bathroom fixtures. <laughs> so when you think about that, it's, it makes sense to, uh, when you see someone wiping down their, their seat area and their tray table, it's kind of like, well, that's probably a good idea to yeah. do. Yeah, oh, so. that's so gross. And yeah, so I did pack bacterial wipes. Forgot to use them. But <laughs> like it's a good idea because just hearing that, uh, that's so disgusting. Um I think we both had better than average flights because we were a little bit we had we came went in with a little bit more of a strategic plan and uh we experimented with some new travel accessories. One was the travel pillow that wraps all the way around your neck. So you kind of like squeeze it. You don't have that gap where your throat is usually. And I think that worked for both of us to help us sleep better. Do you think so? Yeah, it was a little, um, it was the pillow is a 360 pillow. So yeah, you're right. It doesn't have the 
area on on other travel pillows where your chin kind of can drop down so it keeps your head upright um, and your neck aligned and it was a little I had to get kind of get used to it because it it's what I would imagine wearing a neck brace probably <laughs> feels like but once I kind of got used to the way it felt you know it was pretty comfortable and I did feel like you know it kept me definitely better aligned and better posture and I didn't have that situation that you sometimes had have of your your head dipping forward or dipping to the side yeah it made my shoulders a little bit tense I don't know why maybe I like naturally felt like I needed to like hold it up I don't know but it also did help me sleep better. I actually slept for a few hours on the on the flight to Hong Kong, and I was shocked because I never sleep on planes. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I slept really well, which is definitely an exception for me because I, I have a lot of trouble sleeping on flights. I would say also just the fact that we left so late was yeah. kind of helpful in that, that regard. <laughs> so yeah. by the time we boarded at 3 a.m., I was definitely ready for some shut-eye. But yeah, no, the pillow I think was great. Um, sleeping mask and earplugs were definitely essentials. Um, I did have in the row behind me uh, a mom with two ki- two small kids, and they were pretty active during most of the flight, it seemed like. But, you know, I think my earplugs helped drown out most of the sound. Yes. We also tried a foot hammock. That didn't really do anything for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the foot hammock looked like a good idea um, on Amazon, um, which is it's kind of the sling that you attach to your tray table. It hangs below um, the seat in front of you, and it allows you to, to stretch your legs out and, and kind of keep your feet a bit elevated. Um, yeah, it didn't, didn't really work for me that well because I think my feet, my well I'm kind of tall and my legs are quite long so my feet just kind of touch the ground sort of like whether I wanted them to or not <laughs> so I didn't really get the benefit of the elevation piece of it it might work for some people yeah I'm not sure. I don't, maybe I was using it wrong I don't know but so the pillow we would use again the foot hammock maybe not yeah another thing that we didn't do I, at least I didn't. I think you didn't as well. But I didn't watch any movies on my way to Hong Kong. I just had my eye mask on and my noise-canceling earbuds in and was listening to podcasts. And not having that visual stimulation really helped me sleep, I think. Yeah, I um, I, I didn't watch any movies until I had already slept for quite some time. Uh, and then I woke when I finally kind of woke up it was there was only about four hours of the flight left and then i thought you know that's for for a 15 hour flight i had slept for 10 to 11 hours so i thought i'd probably wake up at that point and uh, i did watch a couple of movies i usually spend flights catching up on you know just silly movies that i wouldn't normally go pay to see or, or rent those are fl- airline movies like I yeah think we all watch those yeah movies that i we think I, ever nor- in real life probably not I, I think i watched i watched one of the avengers films the most recent one and um also a movie called rough night which is scarlett johansson uh on her bachelorette party in miami it was truly terrible, but never even heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I, I can't say I would recommend it, but it was fine for just passing time on a flight. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You've been sleeping like a champ. You have fully embraced vacation time. 
Is there anything that you brought where you're like, oh, I'm so glad that I brought this? Yeah. So in Bali, there are, you know, can be quite a few mosquitoes um, and other insects. And so I brought, there's two things I brought that I um, think have worked really well. So I did bring insect repellent, but you know, it's, it's a spray and it's not the most pleasant thing. So I also brought these bracelets that have um, a capsule inside of sort of liquid repellent. Um, and they, you know, you wear the bracelet and it, it kind of emits this odor and this um, kind of small amount of repellent. Um, and then also a, a scarf that I found on Amazon that is the material has um, some repellent type of um, chemical in it. So I've been wearing those things and it's done, I think it's done a pretty good job. I think I've had maybe one sort of small bite, but other than that, um, usually mosquitoes eat me alive. So uh, I've been pleasantly surprised that those accessories have ha helped uh, stave that off. And I haven't had to wear much of the actual repellent spray. So that's been pleasant. <laughs> Very cool. My new purchase that I'm so glad that I got was this underarmed unscented deodorant solid stick. So I'm always looking for ways where I can like cut back on the small bag of liquids that you can take on carry on. So this was a solid organic, cruelty free. It also says it's gluten free, which I found a little bit strange, <laughs> but like a family owned business and uh, made in America. It has worked great. I've been wearing the same shirt for days. I don't think I smell. I you can be the judge. I haven't noticed. <laughs> yeah. And it is quite expensive. I think it was like $15 on Amazon, but so worth it. It's honestly the best deodorant that I've ever found. Uh, I've been wearing like a few black things. I don't think there was any um, marks. So I think I'm going to start wearing this from now on. But the reason that I purchased it was because it was organic and also it wasn't a liquid. So I think that was like my major win on this trip because we didn't carry a big suitcase. We just used carry-on, which I'm very proud of the way we packed for this trip. Yep. Uh, Me too. It was so easy to get off the plane and then just get out of there and not have to worry about finding our luggage or anything going missing. So yeah, and I think you know the I I was glad that like we found a couple pharmacies here um, in Bali that you know they stock your necessities and toiletries and things like that. So you know, I had to buy some toothpaste and I needed to buy some skincare products. And, you know, I was able to find those here at the pharmacy and restock, you know, my travel sized uh, products. So there's no reason to feel like you have to pack everything you're going to need because you will be able to find common products yes. here. Yeah. I think most places that most people travel to will have these items, shampoo, sunblock, um, anything you really need. So yeah, I think it's just so worth it when you want to do a carry-on to just pick up those items once you get there. As far as like clothes, I just brought a few dresses, some shirts like bra underwear, but just rolled everything up really tight. Some people talk about packing cubes. I've never used those, have you? I have, yeah. Um, I've had some packing cubes that I've used for quite some time, probably about 10 years. Um, and yeah, I like them because um, for me it just helps keep things organized in my bag um, and so I feel like everything has like it's a spot um, and I don't need to worry about things shifting around um, or like opening my bag and things falling out. 
Um, what so are they exactly? Because I use Ziploc bags if I want to pack like socks or underwear and just like squeeze the air out of them. I just use a Ziploc bag. Mm -hmm. Is how is the packing cube different? Um, so they're usually canvas with a zipper. So kind of this similar to what you do with the Ziploc bag. I I just use the packing cube. It it doesn't have the ability, or at least mine don't have the ability to squeeze the air out of it. Um, but you know, it's you can buy them that have a pocket on one side or you, or two sided as well. And I kind of like the two sided kind because um, obviously you can put more in them. But yeah, like I said, they just they fit really neatly in my carry on suitcase, um, and it just helps me feel a little bit more organized. I did bring a large Ziploc bag for my. Um, I brought some just various you know medications like things for stomach, things for allergies, some pain reliever, just in case um, we needed something. But yeah, for, for clothes, underwear, that sort of thing, I, I use the packing cubes. When it comes to organizing cords, I actually have this very cool thing that I would totally recommend for people to get. It's just a cord organizer, because in the past, you know, I have a lot of electronics that I like to travel with, so my headphones and you know, my phone and my computer and just different things like that. And they all have their own little cords and they used to get completely tangled up. And then I've had a few like lightning cables for my phone break and have to buy new ones just because, you know, there was too much wear and tear where if I took better care, as I do now, they wouldn't have broke. And I actually got mine because I was on a Southwest flight for the first time in ages. I don't really fly domestically very often. And, uh, so I was on Southwest and they gave me a snack and I was so astounded because <laughs> over in Europe, even British Air doesn't give you snacks anymore on a lot of their flights. And so on Instagram, I just, in my story, just wrote something like, oh my gosh, I love Southwest. And they mailed me this cord organizer. Oh, wow. He was like, you guys know customer service. It was just so above and beyond. So yes, huge love shout out to Southwest. It was such a nice surprise and just such a, like a good gift. It was something I actually use. Yeah, still, that's a great idea. I need to look into the cord organizer concept because I, I could definitely use that as well. Yeah, totally, totally recommend it. And then yesterday we had a cooking class. That was so much fun. Uh, yeah, I'm really glad that you found that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it was it was fun in a different way. So yeah, <laughs> the 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 day before was the adventure through the downpour in the backcountry of <laughs> Bali, and then the the cooking uh, class was very. Um, it was pretty like. I don't know, refined. Very organized. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and we also made offerings at the beginning, which I thought was really cool because yeah. you see these beautiful floral offerings uh, everywhere, every morning, everywhere you go. And so we made those out of like the leaves and flowers and then made an offering, I guess, that we wouldn't have a major accident in the kitchen <laughs> while we were cooking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we made some delicious food and uh, he, they were really good about, there was one other vegetarian amongst us and so most of the stuff we could eat and then when you guys were making chicken we just made like a few alterations like used mushrooms and stuff but um yeah the food was delicious 
can't remember what any of it's called. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. We'll have to we'll have to get the get the menu out. They log. did give us a yeah. menu packet. Mm-hmm. Of course, a lot of rice, um, a lot of vegetables, and and then we made um, a hot sauce, a peanut sauce, um, chicken, fish, fish wrapped in banana leaves, which was quite good, um, and then the tempeh for the vegetarian. Yep. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, it was just a fun day. I think my favorite meal here so far has been melting wok. Is yeah, that what it was? yeah, that was that was a really good uh, good pick. I had a vegetable curry. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. Yep. Wouldn't mind going back there today, to be honest. Yeah, we can. Yeah, I think what did I have? I think it was the chicken special. I think it was a chicken curry mm-hmm. with rice. It was yeah, it was excellent. Actually, I mean, the food here so far is, I, I can't say that I've had a, a bad meal. Yeah, it's been good. Yeah. It's been good. What do you plan on doing today? So today is pretty rainy and overcast. Um, we, we didn't set up any tours today, so uh, I think it's a good day to kind of like maybe do a little more shopping. We've done a little shopping, but do, do a little more shopping. And um, one thing I forgot to bring on my list of <laughs> what I forgot is um, some reading material for the beach. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a bookstore, um, well, a couple bookstores here. So I'm gonna try to find a book for our next um, destination scenario, which will be, um, you know, some beach, some more beach time. And probably, well, there's there's so many wonderful places to eat here. So we could go back to the walk or explore someplace new. And yeah, it's nice to have just kind of a free day to wander mm-hmm. around a bit more and you know explore some of the some of the like little hidden streets that we seem to keep finding, which is really fun. Yeah, I might go for another spa treatment. I could get another massage. That that sounds like a great idea. I may join you yeah. <laughs> as well. <laughs> I might try to find a walking tour because we haven't really seen much of that. We've been walking around on our own, but I always right. love to get my bearings with a good walking tour and I, ha- I can't find one I yeah I know I, I had looked for one as well because I agree like you yeah. I, I like to get a walking tour that gives you a sense of just the si- the city mm-hmm. itself um, and I don't know why but that doesn't seem to be a thing here I'm, shocked. I'm, I'm gonna go look one more time and then I want to buy some bamboo straws as yes. gifts for people yes. because we've been so we went to Ubud market yesterday which is a very very big market it was like mostly just touristy stuff not that much stuff that I was interested in but I would like to get some bamboo straws since we're not supposed to drink out of plastic anymore because it is quite bad for the environment and uh, I bought a kimono for no reason at all I just because you want one (laughs) (laughs) well quite a few episodes ago I interviewed the author of a book called The Extra Woman and uh, in the 1930s, this woman named Marjorie Hillis was sort of like the Carrie Bradshaw of her day. Oh. And she uh, just gave advice to women who lived on their own. And one of her, so she wrote a book called Live Alone and Like It. And one of her things was women should have luxurious loungewear. Yes. And, you know, just because um, you're living alone doesn't mean you should be dressing like a schlub. Like, you, you deserve <laughs> some luxury in your life. And also, if somebody comes to the door, 
you can look nice. And I wonder, I, what, I wonder what she would say about athleisure. <laughs> I think she would probably say, do whatever you want, but you deserve to treat yourself. But uh, I wasn't thinking of her when I bought this kimono, but later I was like, you know what? Yeah, that was a wise purchase. If, I'm if glad anyone unexpectedly comes to your door, <laughs> you, you can answer it wearing your Hello, lovely UPS kimono. <laughs> Hopefully cute, UPS <laughs> So worth it. And then, and what did you buy at the market? I bought um, two pashmina scarves. They had really lovely prints. So, um, and then uh, sarong as well. So the sarongs obviously in Bali are, are very important. Even the men wear them, and we were chatting yesterday about how we enjoy seeing the men wearing the sarongs. They look so cool. Yeah, they do. They look really, really great. Um, and you know, they'll wear them with like t-shirts or polo shirts or you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, I found some really. I mean, the prints here are just amazing. So I could spend all my money on <laughs> scarves and sarongs I easily, but yeah, I, I have to, to cut myself off at some point. <laughs> um, yeah, and what else? Did I buy anything else? I don't think so. I think today will be another shopping day. Okay, sounds good. All right, well, thank you for chatting with me, and I guess let's go get ready to finish the rest of our day. Yeah, sounds right. great. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you. For a roundup of our top tips to survive a long-haul flight, visit postcardacademy.co. There, you'll also find a complete travel packing list so you don't forget anything behind. If you like this episode, please subscribe to this podcast and tell a friend about it. It's the best way to grow the show. That's all for now. Thanks for listening and have a beautiful week wherever you are. Hey, let's continue the conversation. Head on over to my blog on Substack for more content on how to thrive through better communication, stoicism, and global exploration. That is right. Blogging is cool again over on the Substack platform. There you can chat with me in the comments, and I have plenty of bonuses for paid subscribers, or you can just read for free. So click the link in the episode notes to access the Substack Live Without Borders.